This week on the Double Click Podcast, we talk about church expectations. Well, hey, Justin, how are you? I'm good. Uh, how are you? Good. Uh, so today, mm-hmm. uh, this actually stems from a little bit of a conversation we had in men's group last night. Okay. Because um, we got started talking about discipleship within the church mm-hmm. and really started kind of kind of breaking down this aspect of why why is there it was and it was a Matt Chandler quote we came from um, which hey I have that quote I can read it look uh, it says the danger I've seen spending my life in the church is we have partitioned or compartmentalized discipleship to occur on Sunday morning or in a group meeting one day a week but this runs contrary to the early church and the life of Jesus mm-hmm. and so it's the, the the concept that we only dive in or attempt to dive in or in a lot of cases falsely dive in by sitting in a class or a small group for an hour, hour and a half each yeah. week. That that in a lot of ways is our diving in, just being present in a in a Sunday school class yes. or at a, in a small group. Yes. And yep, I'm connected. Yep. And and I think as we kind of address this, I think part of it is is the realization of in a corporate context, and let me let me say that that's that means where there's more than one believer in the room, mm-hmm. okay, and and don't hear me say that as just like uh, the church as the the church building aspect, like the place you go to. Like this is this is a dynamic. When we say corporate, we mean any aspect where people are identifying themselves as a body of believers. Mm-hmm. Whether they meet in the house, whether they're they're meeting in a, a a shopping center front like a church plant style thing, or if it's a small group, a Sunday school class, or a congregation, a congregation, yeah. and so any of these, I think here's what happens. I think as believers, we get into this mindset that oh, I need to be involved in church. So you go with the basic, which is corporate worship, mm-hmm. which is the major pillar of the church is that we're coming together beside other believers to worship God. Yep. And normally that happens in the, in the way that, that we do it most of the time is with music and then through the preaching of his word, mm-hmm. which is very, very scriptural. Yep. Like that's straight from Acts. Um, major element. Like I'm going to say, if you're a believer, that is something your heart longs for and you, you'd never want to miss mm-hmm. on the believer side. Now, obviously there's a sinful nature that says, uh, I stayed up too late last night. I don't want to get up right. bed this morning. Right. right. We all wrestle with that. Right. Um, but, I think really what we're focusing on is the discipleship element. Mm-hmm. And that looks a lot of different ways. It can be a Sunday school class. It can be a small group. It can be one-on-one. But I think when we put it in the context of the church, we got into a discussion last night in our men's group, and the question started to rise is, why aren't we real in those situations? Yeah. Like, like why, why do we, in most cases, because one of the questions that we had that was really abrasive is like, are you somebody that just gives safe answers in those contexts? Which was funny, because mm-hmm. we're asking that question in a context... <laughs> That it applies to, yeah. And you everybody know. gives a safe answer. Everybody gives a safe answer. Yeah. Everybody's like, "Yeah, I probably, I probably give the safe answer." And the one we joked about was like, you know, somebody in your Sunday school class or small group asks you, or or, or discipleship department says, "What are you struggling with?" And we we're always like, "Oh, anger and frustration." Yeah, frust- <laughs> I've been frustrated. Been this frustrated week. a lot lately, and it feels like you're you're confessing something, but you know you're. And again, not not that we're not we're not uh, downplaying that in any regard, but we're we're saying that. That is, we all deal with that, and that is usually the answer, right? Like everybody's comfortable yep. with you confessing your anger, and that's probably that's probably like a men's group answer too, like yeah. especially in a men's group. Like <laughs> yeah. everybody at the table is going to say we we struggle with frustration yeah. and anger, or whatever, yeah. and that can be a real thing yeah. that we all struggle with on a on a big level. Like it can be a real real struggle. We're not trying to mock that, 
But I think a lot of times that's one of those answers we use. Because you know everybody else around that table. Yeah, yeah. Or it's like oh, just just exhaustion and rest. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, the the overworked dad syndrome. But as we got deeper into the conversation and we started thinking through like my brain went to a different place because it went to all of a sudden, well, what are we expecting when we walk into this? Like what do we want mm. from it? When we walk into what the church normally tells you, like it's a Sunday morning and the pastor's getting up there and it's the end of the sermon and the Holy Spirit's kind of ticked a box with you and you're realizing something that you need to act on and deal with. And then the pastor gets to the punchline and he goes, so right now head out there and go find a Sunday school class or a small group. Yeah. And you literally can watch everybody's eyes in the moment just like <laughs> shut down. Like, yeah. oh, that's not the answer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think the deal is, is like our understanding and our expectation wrecks us right from the beginning. So mm-hmm. even when we take that step and we step into the small group, we meet one-on-one with somebody in discipleship, we, we walk into a Sunday school class. I think our expectation wrecks us from the beginning. Okay. And here's what I mean. I think when we walk into the doors of the church and we go into the worship setting, we, we kind of know how to do that. Like, like if I'm going to give us a strength element, I think we are much better at the we want to serve, like help people. I'm not going to say the evangelistic side of that, which mm-hmm. we could get in. That'd be another podcast, okay. like, like serving without actually telling people about Jesus and that problem and all this stuff. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Too heavy, too quick. Um, I think worship, we, we kind of know how to do that. But I think when it comes to us walking through life together, it doesn't matter what your setting is. There is a process to that, and we have a false expectation. And that's what makes us checkboxing. So, for example, you walk into a Sunday school room or a small group that's 8 to 10 people. Mm-hmm. You immediately look around the room. There is part of your brain that goes, oh, I've got to know each of these people deeply and intimately. Yeah. The reality is this. From a small group kind of environment, especially if it's a organized one, like if mm-hmm. you at any point have somebody that says we're going to meet at this time, like take it out of the church context. You're going to meet in your garage at 8 a.m. on a Tuesday mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. You just became the organized church, right? Right. But you walk into that room and you immediately look around the room and there's this false Christian expectation in your brain of, well, the right way to do this is for us all to sit down and the first night dive deeply into everything that we're doing. Yeah. And you know what, you know what my brain does when I do that? Well, that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's almost like I'm already disappointed based on that first time I sat down because I haven't put the relational time in. Hmm. Well, I was going to say, going back to these expectations, so you use the the acronym DTR define the relationship, and is it is do we do a poor job of that in the church or in small group or discipleship settings to go? We don't define the relationship. We either you either come in with this expectation that you've got to jump straight into the deep end without going, hey, we're going to ease our way in, or for me, it's the other way around. It's the the expectation is as we're coming in, yep, and. We'll we'll keep it pretty safe. Like you're you we're all here to check this box. We're all here to go. Yep, I'm I'm in part of discipleship because I meet with this group weekly or whatever. But if you never define the goal, yep. whether it's we're gradually jumping in the deep end or hey, if you're part of this group, we're open books and we're going to jump right in. And so you need to be able to do that. I was a part of a uh, in San Antonio. I was a part of a small group. They actually had a this is kind of funny a contract 
basically that kind of oh, out, yeah. outlined yep. that outlined here's what we do. Uh, you can't miss any more than this because they took it so seriously. And and some of those things I love, and some of those things I hate. But it was you know the within the first two weeks of joining, both of the leaders shared their life story. They went first to go. Here's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like all of the warts like of my life. Here's what it is. And they define that expectation and they mm-hmm. define the relationship. And then guess what? For the next two weeks, they went to each couple, each person in the group. It was like, now it's your turn. But they took that first example and that first yeah. leap. But if we never say this is the expectation of where we're going, it's so easy to talk about the weather. It's so easy to stay yep. at that. Oh, man, I got frustrated again this week. Okay, well, why are you know, instead of going further, well, why are you frustrated? It's not like you have a pride issue, yep. you know, and, and really diving to the root of things. Uh, it's so easy if we don't define that, the expectations and relationships, just to stay at the surface. So, so this, this is going to change the, 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 the title of the podcast, mid- Midpoint. Okay. But you said something right there that like just sparked something because you were talking about we don't define the goal. Mm-hmm. Because all we do is we say, hey, well, the goal is discipleship. Yeah, and we leave it kind of nebulous, right? Yes. Like it's we broad. leave it, we leave it broad, and we don't like hone in on the goal. But as you were saying that, it clicked in my brain of we're gonna we're gonna once again. This is this is Matt and Justin like processing mid podcast here, so um, um, key with that. But I think here's the key. I think when it comes to discipleship environments from the corporate body getting them started because I will say this like like my experience has been there is nothing like an organic discipleship mm-hmm. growth the deal is this organic doesn't always happen without some type of organizational environment creating the environment for it to happen yeah, yeah. right yeah and so so there's this tension when it comes to discipleship that you're trying to within more than one believer being together. Once again, this is the house church. This is a random mm. Bible study at your house. This is this is the bigger corporate church. At some point, you're having to organize yeah. an environment for organic discipleship. Yeah, and you can you can and this might be going way out there. <clears throat> excuse me, but you can you can even say if you happen to organically meet a person in line somewhere. Yeah. Oh man, we and we hit it off and we start talking about things and we kind of want to start meeting. You know, God God organized that meeting of you and that person. So, like, you can really pull it all the way back to Him to go. Rather, how no matter how organic it is, it's organized in some way. Or if you go, hey, I want to get to know so and so. I met a, a guy for breakfast this week, and it was just getting to know him, and it was just uh, us building a relationship. And um, but that all started with a calendar invite, right? So it it all starts with with organization, and I think that. You can't have one without the other, and and while organic discipleship sounds really great, even if you go, I'm going to invite these three guys on this day at this time at this place, it's still organic. What happens in that yep. room is still naturally yep. going to occur. So it's not to have something planned is not a, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. So 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 let's do a game because I wrote down a formula. We're going to test it, okay. um, and this is for you listening, driving, walking, you know, w- whatever. Uh, Let's rethink your discipleship environment. So one of one of two things is going to happen. You're you immediately identified the Sunday school class, the small group, the Bible study, whatever you're a part of, the one-on-one conversation, or you identified I don't have one, mm-hmm. like you blanked. And so if you're in the if you have that environment in your head, like immediately, like let's rethink this, and you're going to use these this kind of formula we're getting ready to go through as let me re 
assess my understanding and expectations. If you're not in one, since now you're getting ready to walk into one, this is what you're going to have in mind before you get there that you need to identify. And so here's the formula. I think you have to identify the goal, the process, and the struggle. Mm. To put your mind, to put yourself in a really good place to engage in deep, meaningful, life-changing discipleship. Mm -hmm. And here's what I mean by that. I think the goal, like here's my goal, and this is how I articulate it. Whenever I sit down in a men's group, in a Bible study or whatever, I have to give myself permission to find friends for a season that could turn into lifelong friends. Yeah. Because my goal literally is I'm, I'm trying to find somebody that I can sit down and I can dive into the deepest, darkest parts of my heart, mm-hmm. share it with that individual, and we're going to grow. That's not going to happen on day one. That's not going to happen on day 10. Yeah, yeah. The reality is, is like, that's my goal. Like, I'm sitting here, and I'm going like, I want somebody that I can call at 3 a.m. Yeah. And the reality is this. That is a long process filled with struggle that I have to commit to. Mm-hmm. And so here's what I know. I know that every time I sit down in that environment, Sunday school classroom, house, small group, one-on-one, my goal is to dive deeply in this relationship for this moment. But I understand that most of the time, the people I'm sitting with are only there for a season. Mm. And when I say season, it could be a year, it could be 10 years, it could be 20 yeah. years. But the reality is, is like I'm sitting down and I'm purposing that we're going to dive right now. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times those relationships are crazy beneficial. Like actually, I would say almost all the time because you'll get somebody who you're going you're gonna to dive in with for a year that thinks differently than you do. And so yeah. they're going to say things that are abrasive, that our human nature is going to be like, whoa, yeah. I don't think yeah. that way. This, yeah. this, this Justin guy is like way too emotional mm. and his brain works way too fast. He overwhelms <laughs> me. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but right in the corner. I, I'm, well, I'm not kidding. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and guy. so, number one, like I identify the goal is I'm looking for that one to two people that I'm going to spend this season going to war with. Can I say something right there? I yep. think that's in in discipleship, the way I work, and again, I'm, I'm different, I know, but I, I love the freedom and permission to go, it's for a season, because there there are times when I've got with people to go, hey, I'm going to try to grow with them, and you, and it's, it's, you just don't jail. Like, it's just kind of yep. like this, it is work, and it is, man, it's, it's God's growing me just to be with this person. Um, but, but I think we said this in the men's group, the way I've looked at it is if I'm in a group with somebody, they're my closest buddies and we're going to, we're, we're, you know, we're lifelong blood brothers, you know, and we're, and that's, that might not be the case though. Like, and so that's a new way of thinking for me to go, God may be wanting to do something in my life or this person's life or both. It once, once this semester or this four weeks or six weeks or however long we decide to meet, um, you know, once it's ended, we might go separate ways and be a part of different other yeah, discipleship things. Absolutely. And that's okay too. And I think one of the reasons why I've avoided discipleship where it becomes hard is because you're trying to find those magic people in your life that completely fit like a perfect puzzle piece. And sometimes that's not the case. You have yep. to you kind of have to, you know, get out your chisel and you, yep. you guys are crafting one another to, to be able to work and grow together. Yeah. Cause I mean like right now in 18 years, how old am I? 22 years. Wow, I got old real quick. Uh, as, an adult, as an adult. Okay. <laughs> and I probably have been involved in 
Good gravy. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna round it out to like 47 because that sounds like a neat number. <laughs> like Bible studies, small groups, whatever. That sounds better. Um, I've been at the same church for for 18, 19 years, right? Yeah. I've been in the yeah. same community, yeah. And so, I have continued in my life. Like, there's been gaps to force myself to dive into what I consider an uncomfortable environment, which is sitting down with a group of new people that I have gone, we're going to grow through this together for a season, and maybe God will birth out of that yeah. some growth. So let me repaint a picture of what the church looks like for me. Hmm. So now when I walk through the church on a Sunday morning, and this is this is this is this is like like brain wrecking for me because I'm just kind of doing the math here. There's a hundred people in this church that I was close to for a season that I know I can call back on that person if we need to go for another season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all okay. It's all fine. It's wonderful. We still say hey to each other, and it's not just a false hey. It's like hey, how are you? So, and we'll stop and talk. And so all of a sudden, it feels like. Uh, Something that, that, that happens on a Sunday morning is I try to walk from one end of the building to the other, yeah. and I end up in seven conversations. So do you define that relationship and that seasonality? Do you define that at the beginning of, of meeting with these people to go, hey, um, or is it, or does it just kind of happen? Because cause I can see it happening the other way where well, he was close to me, and now he's, just, now he's, now he's far away. I think, and, that's, I think that's where you, the, 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 the sinful games in your head come into play. Like, and I think that's one of the advantages of identify, identify it right out of the gate. And the other thing is, like, once you give yourself permission that that's okay, yeah, that a, that a friendship can be deep for a season and then positively, like, like not, it's a good thing we're not close, but it can be a little distant for a season and that's all right. Yeah. I mean, there's, 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 couples and guys in this, in this building that I have eaten lunch with and gone through a deep season that we gapped like seven or eight years and came back around mm-hmm. because that's what we needed growth wise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the ones that really work that you end up like really walking through life together are the ones that kind of like ride the wave out. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I used to tell, tell Brittany, like my best friend in high school, still considering one of my best friends and we survived going to different colleges, living in different towns, mm-hmm. still connect and mm-hmm. talk. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because if it's a year and we haven't talked and we text each other, we're not playing the head game. Yeah. We're going like, oh, hey, man, what's up? How yep. are you? Yep. And so it's almost like this graceful, wonderful permission. That like, hey, God's going to kind of lead you this way and yeah. he might lead you back together. Well, you have a you have a, a bond deeper than situation or, you know, you have a, at a spiritual level, a connection and a bond and a growth element. You've grown spiritually and that, you know, the world can't take that or break that from us. That's, right. that's a, that's a God thing. And I mean, I'll even say this and some of those relationships, it's, you were close and you experienced what happens when relationships gets close. You experienced a big tension, mm-hmm. but you purpose to work through it together. And mm-hmm. now it's almost, it's an, even though you're not calling them every day or every week, eating lunch with them, it's almost an unbreakable tension. That, I mean, unbreakable, um, um, bond bond. Yeah. Because now it's been like, not only do we not have that tension of, Hey, we haven't talked in two months, so we don't have to be like, middle school about it yeah but we also know that like hey if we have a question about each other's motives or anything we've already had that conversation yeah well and you you also can see god at work i think in the if it's been six years since you guys have spoken or maybe not that long a year or two whatever uh and then you go back to to speak to one another and that bond's still there 
that's God at work to go, man, we've, again, we connected on that spiritual yeah. level. We've grown together in our relationship with the Lord. So it's, it's, it's above what the world would say is, is friendship or relationship. This is a, the, a kingdom bond, you know? Yeah. And so I think when we start to talk about, wow, we're, we're, we're running on time here. We're going to have to do a part two. Um, but I think when we come into it, I think us knowing the goal, and mm-hmm. I do think it's very good that as a group you talk through it. And sometimes we do that instinctively a lot of times. Like, hey, why don't we meet from January to May? Mm-hmm. And then we'll reevaluate then. Like, that's that's normally healthy practice within any type of group dynamic, one-on-one, small group, Sunday school, whatever. But I'll also say this. No, no, I'm not going to say that. We'll save it till next week. We're going <laughs> to talk about the process next week. So here's the thing. Um, understand your discipleship environment. What is your goal walking in? Mm-hmm. Like your goal is to begin to grow relationships. Yeah, that it's okay if they're seasonal. Yeah, well, and I and I want to go back. We've said this before, and this is this is not original. Uh, but relationship and community is not. People go, I want to find community. It's not found. It's built. You have to build exactly. it. And I think having a goal, like we're talking about, and then the process and the struggle, like that, we'll get to next podcast. But this goal and this understanding. That is that is the first part of understanding that you're building something here. You're not just going to to. Re- I don't care if someone invites you in and you and you feel like you're walking in. We're all building community. We don't just stumble upon it. Yes, and this is something else I'll say. Like if your goal is to find those deep relationships that are more than just meeting for an hour, you have to connect outside of that. Yep, you have. To. It takes an investment. It takes an investment, and that's one of those. Like if you're in your discipleship environment right now. And you're sitting around and waiting on <laughs> yeah. somebody else to text you, saying, "Hey, let's ha- grab lunch, let's hang out, let's eat dinner together, whatever." Uh, wrong. It's like that uh, the the theory that if you see a car accident and you're like, "Well, I'm not going to call nine one one. Someone else probably called nine one one." And we've lived that out. Yeah, we've, we've actually lived that, lived that experience out. Uh, people people are always thinking that someone else is calling, and so if you're sitting waiting for this invitation to lunch or to grow deeper, chances are someone else is waiting on you. So Take that action step and, and get after it and build those relationships. Yeah, so here's your practical. Uh, we're, we're, we're closing on our, our goal time here, and we're, gonna, we're actually going to continue this next week. But if you're thinking about your discipleship environment, right now there is somebody in that room that you've gone, oh, man, I'd like to hang out with them. Text them right now. Make the call. Unless you're driving. Unless you're driving, yes. Unless you're driving, pull over, and then thank you. Thank yeah. You, thank you, insurance guy. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like contact them right now. Just shoot them a text. Don't even think about it. Like don't overthink it and just be like, hey, you want to grab lunch or whatever it, Whatever your, your hangout mood is, mm-hmm. right? Clear your schedule because otherwise you're going to be stuck in a discipleship aspect that is very, 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 very shallow. Mm-hmm. It is because you're not diving deep with anybody. All right. Well, we hope that was helpful for you. Uh, We thank you for listening. Uh, We're going to continue with this next week. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And we will see you next week.